Yeah, so that's probably a very important point. I mean, people who have PTSD or develop PTSD, the response to a trauma is a kind of helplessness, uh, a kind of horror to an event, that they are horrified in a way, and that there is no logic really uh, to kind of explain uh, in the moment. Exactly. In fact, all trauma, no matter what it is, whether it's a car accident or a, a, a mugging or an assault, all trauma at the core of it is a violent removal of power. A person is disempowered in that moment, no matter what happened. The, it's, it's that powerlessness that our brain does not handle. So when you do the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, the EMDR, you are re-empowering somebody. Essentially, that would be the ultimate outcome, yes. But in the moment, what we're doing is we're, we're, it's called, we call it two-handed therapy because two things are happening at the same time. On the one hand, we're bolstering their natural strengths. We're training them to do the self-soothing and the breathing exercises and whatnot and, and, and other things like guided imagery and, and such. And that's part of it. The other thing that we're doing is that we're kind of hand-cranking the, 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 the engine, so to speak, when it comes to recalling the traumatic information. Uh, we want that information and we want it in its purest form. We, we want it as much as possible because the more information we, we elicit from the client while we've cued them to be able to handle it, the better off they're going to be, the, the quicker the processing is going to happen. Can you tell us about a patient in general terms that you've treated, what they were coming for, doing the EMDR, what did they look like during the process, and then what was the outcome? Absolutely. Um, one pretty standard complaint that I hear from clients is are panic attacks in public places, um, grocery stores, uh, Walmart, Target, big, big box stores like that. And that's the thing that gets them into therapy because they're, they're just not handling it and they're, they're having panic attacks. So they'll come in with that as the complaint. I recognize that as likely a symptom of some sense of PTSD. So I'll do my assessment. I'll ask them about the trauma history. And oftentimes in the course of that assessment, they'll, they'll tell me of a traumatic event. And it's almost like it's the second thing they want to talk about. The big thing is what's going on in the grocery store and the fact that the person was, you know, raped when they were 20. Well, that's in the past. But in my assessment, I'll, I'll show them that their emotional reactions to that event that might have happened decades prior, that they are identical to the emotional reactions happening in Walmart today. That's the float back part that I mentioned earlier, that, that, you know, it's not what's going on in Walmart. Walmart's completely safe. It's the, the emotional stuff mm. that's been encoded in our brain, their brain, from the first assault. So we'll, we'll target that maybe. And so once we, once we do the, the resource building and the grounding skills and stuff and we get into the eye movement, the, what we call the desensitization phase, where right. we're queuing them up and we're trying to soothe them as we're getting them queued up, it gets very, very confusing for them because any event that happened in their entire life that caused them to feel that unsafe, to feel that un insecure or disempowered will come up. And so what happens is in the, during the desensitization phase, 
they might be jumping all over the place. I've had people go from one event to the next, to the next, to the next, all in the course of a 10-minute session, and they'll stop the session because they feel like they're going crazy. They feel like they're doing it wrong. And I'll point out to them that, no, each one of those events are all along the same channel, we call it, the emotional channel. All those events cause They're the interchangeable in a sense. Th- yes. I call them like beads on a thread. Um, and this is while you've got these vibrating things in both hands for them? Exactly. Or? Right. So what we'll do is we'll I'll do the the, the bilateral stimulation, the, the palm palm buzzers of the eye movement, and I'll cue up their memory, and I'll give them a, it only happens in perhaps sections of 20 seconds at a time, where I'll let them ponder it quietly, and then I'll stop the bilateral stimulation and I'll ask them what did they notice, and then they'll describe for me the latest incarnation of this as they are experiencing it, and then I'll do the other part of it, which is how are you doing, notice your body, notice your heart rate, calm yourself down, and then we'll go back into the trauma again, and I'll just let them lead me. So you bring them back to the present very quickly. I mean, only 20 seconds you're doing this, and then... Well, ultimately, the goal is that they never leave the present, that, that we want the trauma to come to us. Mm-hmm. What happens when somebody has a flashback is they go to the trauma. Uh, they go to the place in their brain where right. that event is stored, right. and there's no there's no healing there. If we bring the trauma into the present where we are, that's where the healing can happen. And so the goal is to keep them here. That's always the first priority is keep them present. So it's a kind of mastery over the, the past. Exactly. And can you – now, here's a, here's a question. What about doing all of this without the finger waving, uh, without the eye movement, and without the – stimulating buzzers in both hands. What, what about doing it without that? I mean, is that Ab- just a, a trick or what? Absolutely. Well, it's, it's definitely possible and I've done it before. The whole purpose of doing the, the bilateral stimulation is to retrain your brain to process this, this heavy information. But if the person already has skills, if they already have that ability, and oftentimes I only need to even do the bilateral stimulation for a couple of sets, and they'll kind of take over. They're, they're, our brains have what we call a natural adaptive process. We get over stuff. We do it automatically, just not when it comes to traumatic information. So we just need to remind the brain how to do this. So this individual that you've treated with EMDR, it, it happens after one session, after multiple sessions? It would, it would take probably, I would say, three sessions for a single event trauma. Um, now, I'll um, be clear. I'm talking about the, the reprocessing part, the part where okay. I'm waving my finger. Uh, three to six sessions for a single event. Uh, for more complex trauma, it could take longer, but the person will start experiencing changes in how they perceive and how they feel almost immediately. And so that person, say, what would be the outcome of uh, this individual that you're talking about that you treated? Well, they would stop having panic attacks. They would start recognizing what the triggers are and, and see them coming. They'll, they'll know that going into Target, it's, it's, it's feeling the confined nature of the, having the shelves around them. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. notice that that's what they're feeling. And, and that, then before they couldn't recognize that. They might not be able to. Right. And, um, well, it's, it's incredible. Now, these are people who may, I mean, they may also be taking medication for their symptoms or not necessarily? They might be taking some sort of anti-anxiety medication. Oftentimes, there's a lot of what we call self-medicating, substance abuse, uh, which makes it 
uh, a bit tricky. If if a person's abusing any kind of substances, then the rule of thumb is you don't do trauma therapy if abuse is continuing. That includes substances as well. So um, I would imagine you need a clear head to be able to do that, as you exactly. said. Exactly. You really need to be at your peak to right. do this. This is just fascinating, Glenn, and that this um, – I mean, it's one thing to have something that – is an anecdotal a kind of treatment. You know, maybe somebody said that it worked and we should give this a try. But this has been studied. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, I mean, I had looked at a recent study that showed clearly that EMDR is superior to business as usual psychotherapy for specific post-traumatic stress disorder patients. Exactly. And we have a greater understanding now of why that is, that you know, again, if you take the two-brain approach that there's our cerebral cortex where we, you know, the, our antenna, you know, the part of our brain that does our thinking, our talking, and our planning, and our problem solving, and then there's other part of our brain, our limbic brain that does the emotional stuff, the, the part of our brain where we store trauma. One of the things that that trauma brain doesn't have is language. It's called the silent horror for a good reason, that a person becomes neurologically incapable of, of articulate speech when they're triggered. Mm -hmm. And so we've been approaching this historically with talk therapy. So you see the problem there, that, that talk therapy, all it does is it either gives this, this what we call the narrative approach to the trauma, just the, the surface of it, or it actually triggers the actual trauma and makes things actually worse for them. Wow, wow. Could that be the reason why the thinking these days with debriefing uh, a horrible event is that you don't have the person who was just the victim of this trauma, you know, spell out everything that they had uh, experienced to articulate what just happened. You need to get this out of you. That was the old way of thinking. Isn't it true that uh, there's really a new way of thinking? Exactly. And, and there, this is where we, we also draw the line between PTSD is what happens when we don't recover properly from a trauma. If you get to somebody immediately after a trauma, um, we do what we call EMDR, um, or, or EMD rather, um, which is we, we help them process the, the immediate event instantly on the spot. There's no reprocessing to be done because it hasn't been processed in any way at all. It hasn't been stored limbically. Mm -hmm. And so we get to you know, go straight to the narrative part. We get them to talk about what happened. As long as we get it soon enough, then we can prevent PTSD from happening. Oh, I see. Wow. So, Glenn, is, is EMDR useful for, say, veterans? Absolutely. In fact, um, the very nature of the way veterans are and, and soldiers are trained that lends itself very well to EMDR as a treatment because EMDR, as I mentioned, it starts with resource building. It starts by understanding what a person's strengths are and building on them and helping them develop those strengths and skills and ability to self-soothe and ground. Veterans are trained in resiliency. They're trained in problem solving. Now, typically, clinicians are, are, are pathologically based. We approach problems by asking our, asking our clients what isn't working. That doesn't work well with veterans because they are focused on what does work. And that's how they're trained. And so when you start working with a veteran and ask them to understand and identify and work on what is working, understand their strengths, that, that, that goes over very well. And so it, it, does, it does work very well with veterans. 
Well, Glenn, I, I would love to talk about this uh, all day with you, and uh, it, it was just a pleasure to have you here today. I am so lucky to have you as the latest addition to Casco Bay Medical. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm just very glad that uh, you're providing the service. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. This has been um, Optimal Living with Dr. Jeremy Spiegel. My guest today, Glenn Selwood, a psychotherapist and practitioner of eye movement desensitization and reprocessing for post-traumatic stress disorder. Optimal Living is sponsored by Casco Bay Medical, New England's most thoughtful practice, located in greater Boston, Massachusetts, and in the heart of Portland, Maine's historic Old Port District. Thank you. Thank you.